Kia and welcome to the New Zealand Property Market Podcast, brought to you by CoreLogic, produced by Agents TV for the 9th of November, 2020. I'm Head of Research, Nick Goodall, and I'm joined by our Senior Property Economist, Calvin Davidson, down in Christchurch. Now, Calvin, before I ask how you're doing and how your weekend was, I need to mention that we've had some feedback about the length of our intro, not for the first time, but I do have to say that we, uh, we do get mixed feedback about our intro chat. So in a compromise, we're going to keep them briefer, but the uh, big upside, I think, is that I'm going to add a chapter point within the podcast so that uh, when, if anyone wants to, they can sort of skip to the point where the, uh, the podcast starts talking about the property market. So they can skip that intro nice and easily. So we do have to, do have to say thanks for the correspondence, for the person that uh, fed that back to us. It is always valued and we always take that on board. And as I said, it added to a few other pieces of information we'd had to, uh, to make that consideration. So hopefully we'll make the experience better for everyone there. But um, tell me, mate, how, is, how are you? How's things going and how's the weekend? Yeah, yeah, very good. Yeah, I suppose just as you talked about, always keen to keep improving and get that listener feedback. So that's really awesome. But yeah, week, weekend was good. Rained a lot here uh, yesterday on, on Sunday. So it's pretty, pretty inside kind of day. And when you work from home, like I do, it means uh, that, you know, you're spending, spending a lot of time, time inside anyway. So yeah, uh, maybe uh, looking for some fresh air at some point. But no, going good. And, um, you know, family's good and, and, you know, sort of a bit of sport. So all good. How about you? Nice, mate. Yeah, yeah. Same thing. Weather was crap. Um, did have our sort of end of season football team break up dinner on uh, Saturday night, so a few beers and things. Then didn't mean I didn't catch all of the rugby. Um, caught the end of it and, and things like that. So didn't didn't get a full you know take or brief on the uh, the rugby, but certainly seemed like the Aussies brought their game and deserved the win. So there's not much more I think we can can say than that. I've, I reckon. Um, but yeah, I mean, anything to add on the rugby, or should we just should we just move on and given given the situation. Yeah, well, uh, I suppose, you know, given it's a property podcast, we should talk about that as, as so-called experts. So leave the red card debate to uh, the, the rugby experts so, who aren't necessarily us. Um, but yeah, obviously there's going to be a bit of bit of controversy and discussion around that and, and perhaps not even just stemming out of that game more broadly for, for rugby in general. So yeah, very interesting. But um, yeah, chat some property. Yeah, of course. I mean, any time the All Blacks lose, of course, there's going to be a bit of chat about it. So I don't think it's, I don't think it's dire straits. We're not going to chuck everyone out. But um, yeah, it probably gives them some things to think about too, which isn't the worst thing in a game that didn't have as much riding on it. So um, yeah, all right, mate, let's get into it then. And uh, first up, I think, you know, from a property market perspective, we have to weigh into the big story of last week. The uh, first home buyers were making the housing crisis worse. Um, I think, you know, we both had the opportunity to offer our opinion to a few journos through the week. What's your sort of quick summary on, on where you sit with this? Oh, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's obviously a, a stirred up a bit of controversy and there's lots of little things that can be brought to bear on this type of argument. I mean, for me, I think, yep, we acknowledge there's caveats and little bits and pieces around the edges, but for the most part, you would think that, you know, a first-time buyer, a recent first-time buyer has generally left a rental behind. So they've moved, they've vacated one property, moved into another one, so the, the, the net demand change is zero. Um, now I acknowledge that there are some things around that. There might have been first-time buyers who have been living at home, so they have genuinely absorbed one more property with the one they've bought. So there's, there are those little things around the edges. But, yeah, for me, that's the overriding idea or, or logic is that you know, they're generally moving from one property to another, and, and so the net change is zero. Um, mm-hmm. And a little bit of debate, I guess, around 
well, okay, which sort of household is bigger in terms of people per household? Is it, is it an owner-occupier house or a, or a rental house? And that could change the demand, overall demand a little bit. But actually, some figures we saw from Stats New Zealand suggest that there are more people per house in an owner-occupied household than a rental household. So so that sort of goes against the, the argument that, that's been put forward as well. So, yeah, there's it doesn't quite stack up for me. But And I guess in the end, um, what's really wrong with lots of first-home buyers? This Isn't this what we're sort of aiming for is, is you know, getting those home ownership rates back up and, and providing all that sort of financial stability and, and, and stability of tenure, you know, having your own property that comes from that. So, yeah, maybe that's the key point. In the end, what, what the hell would be wrong with lots of first-home buyers? So, so yeah, that, that's my take anyway. Yeah, I think that's the key thing for me, you know, considering buying your home is generally accepted as a sensible investment for your own future wealth. It's pretty odd to criticise that behaviour from a starting point. And then I think from there, you know, my point when I spoke to Radio New Zealand was that while, yes, first-home buyers are active at the moment, very active. In fact, you know, when we reported Q3's figures from buy classification, you know, the most active we've seen in that series, which is over 15 years long. But overall, home ownership is much lower now than it has been in the past. So you can hardly blame them for all the growth in the market that's happened over the last five years or so. Because even while they have been active, there's been periods of downturn as well. And the market's still been charging on up and it's certainly not, you know, it doesn't change, it doesn't accelerate or slow down when first-time buyers are more active or less active. So to, to, to pin it on the first-time buyers and making the crisis worse is just, uh, you know, it doesn't really line up, as you say. And I think the answer from everybody was always as well, we, could, we need to still consider, you know, keeping, uh, keep building more properties, um, which I think everyone can agree on. But it's just yeah, sorting out the demand side of things. So yeah, certainly a very very interesting one and caused a lot of discussion. And um, yeah, probably best we best we leave it there for now. But yeah, uh, yeah, at least it provided us a chance to chat to the media a little bit more. So we'll um, we'll, we'll take that every opportunity, I suppose. And um, which brings me, I suppose, to my my second point today, and maybe it sort of brings back my my old uh, you know rant corner um, at some of the media coverage that I saw in the last week. Um, and, and the first one was the Barfoot's million dollar average. So it was like the first time that Auckland's house price or sales price in Auckland had hit a million dollars. And I just want to touch on it very quickly. Um, you know, absolute classic headline grabber, um, you know, actually happened the first time we saw it. You know, if you look at all the data, not just Barfoot sales, first time it actually happened was back in November 2016. So, you know, quite a long time ago. And while it did bounce around for the next few years, as averages tend to do, depending on what's selling at the time, it's actually consistently been over a million dollars since October last year, so for over a year now. So, um, you know, in terms of first time, it's really not true. We want to make sure we pull the, uh, all the information in there to understand that. And, and then the other one, which is a similar one really around sales prices, same thing, you know, they, I think the d- discussion was, oh, this is a potential record for the total dollar value of sales by the time we hit the end of 2020. But again, it's like, well, of course it will because properties are valued more these days. So the total sum of all sales prices will continue to grow every year until we see a downturn. And um, so again, it's just a meaningless figure that I don't understand why it would get any coverage. Um, you know, total number, total volume of sales, that's the stuff you want to talk about. And we know that, you know, what are we going to hit 85,000 this year, similar to last year, still down on the peak um, in the late 2000s. So you know, it's just that's probably what's of more interest, not the total sum of the dollar value. Unless, you know, you're going to boil that down to how much the real estate agents make this year as a commission. You know, that's probably of interest. 
Um, that's money into our economy. There's lots of flow-ons from that, and not just from real estate agents. So there's some interesting point from that perspective, but not just, you know, for the sake of a classic headline. So I had to get that off my chest. There's a few things that, you know, made me go and jump away and look at our data to see where those are at once I see those headlines. And um, and there you go. That's where I, where I landed for that one. You didn't, yeah, you didn't nice, uh, nice rant. It's the same as in, uh, in economics that nobody looks, you, you won't see any media commentary around uh, nominal GDP, which is effectively the same thing as the total dollar value of sales. It's what you see in economics is people looking at real GDP or inflation adjusted, effectively the volume of activity. So, you know, you mentioned that what we should really look at is the number of sales. It's the same thing that, that you know, in economics and the, and the media coverage of that, everyone looks at real GDP and that's that's what, or inflation adjusted uh, GDP and that's what that's what matters. So, yeah, absolutely. We already see it in other in other sort of fields of analysis. So, so perhaps it should be. And as we do, you know, look at the sales volumes rather than the, the total dollar value. So, um, yep, on the same page with that one. Maybe we should um be inflation inflation adjusting the uh, house price sales as well. I know the index we have done in the past. So, you know, that would also give you a much better picture of actually compared to you know everything else. Where where is it at compared to previous prices or previous years? So, yeah, good good pick up on that one. Um. On a more positive note, I just want to touch on, you know, last week, I'm um, off the back of the house price index, the Ecology House Price Index, to get a small section on the um, on News Hub's 6 o'clock news. And um, I do have to mention a little story that goes around with it because, of course, as our listeners will know, last Monday I was home with the kids um, and we sort of had that trouble with, with filming the pod, recording the pod, got there in the end. Um, and... You know, and after that, I basically got a call from News Hub saying, "Yep, we're going to come to your house in half an hour, so we can, you know, film a little section for the news tonight." And I was like, "Oh heck, how's this going to work?" Um, had to have a quick shave because I hadn't bothered with that that morning. Didn't think I was going to need to throw on my suit, including ironing a shirt, and then chuck the kids in front of the TV to get it done. So that caused a bit of a uh, manic Monday last week. I'll tell you that much. But um, again, it's obviously nice to see you know those those news agencies picking up on the house price index as we mentioned over and over again. Um, you know, is what we call the best measure of the value change in the property market over long periods of time. And so, you know, rather than looking at those median sales prices and things too. So good to see that getting picked up, and, and always nice to chat to chat to one of the news hub or news news teams um, and get that information and data up. And I thought they did a great job at covering it too. Um, you know, with the nice presentation and the visualization and then that news section too. So we we'll certainly can end the media section today on a, on a bit more of a high, I think. Um, but yes, that was, a, that was a crazy one. But let's move on to actual data from last week then, mate. So a couple of economic releases came last week. Do you want to cover off those, those couple of releases? Yeah, building consent, starting with that. Uh, just strong again. I know we use that word all the time, but just remarkably high. So the, the total number of building consents in the year to September was 37,725, which is back within a, just the closest margin of, of that February peak which itself was the highest since the mid-1970s. So you just, you just can't put it any other way. There's just remarkably strong figures. And, yep, there was a, there was a dip around, around April, May, of course, because of all that stuff that was going on then. But it's just bounced back so well and, and just suggests that there's, there's still confidence there. People are sort of getting the finance somehow and, and they, have, they have that confidence to, to, you know, sign up for a new property. Suggests that there's a pipeline of work still to come, a pretty strong pipeline for, for builders. So... Yeah, it, it's just hard to put it any other way. That the, there's, there's still there's still momentum in that construction sector. 
Uh, and then labor market unemployment was uh, probably the biggest release of, of last week. And there's, there's lots of different measures come out in this release, but the, the key one, I guess, that people always look at is the unemployment rate. Uh, so that went from 4% last quarter, which itself was a funny one, um, but went from 4% to 5.3. So it was a pretty big rise, uh, one of the biggest we've seen for a while, um, but better than what people were expecting. Um, there's, there's, been, there's been some forecasts that it could have been up above 6%, 6.5%, so, so better than expected. And also bear in mind that a few months back, that peak for where people thought unemployment would finish was 10%. That was brought back down to 8%, and now, off the back of this latest release, um, potentially lower than 7 could be the peak. And even some people sort of out there on Twitter saying unemployment might have already peaked. So it's, uh, again, just a, <clears throat> crazy how quick the turnaround's been and, and, and how quick those, those peak forecasts for unemployment have, have come down. So, again, just a, a good news story, really. Yeah, I think that's that was what's going to pick up on as well as on Twitter. There's an economist uh, at Economissive, I think his tag is, and he certainly is is pretty um, active on Twitter at looking at different forecasts and how effective they are and, and where he thinks things will be. And one of the things he did was access or ask for um, to Stats New Zealand to get the monthly unemployment figures because, of course, it's released as one quarter. And you know, across the whole quarter, what the um, what the unemployment level was at. But if you actually look at the monthly figures, it kind of was pretty flat throughout the quarter. Whereas you might expect that if we're going to continue to see this growing, that it might have peaked at the end of the quarter and then continue growing in the next quarter. But actually, it looks like if anything, it might have peaked early in the quarter and then flattened or even dropped a little bit. And his point is, yeah, we're not going to see anywhere near the level of unemployment that anybody's forecasting. Um, he's pretty strong on that. Um, and to the point that even over these summer periods where we've been talking about, and you know, we just sort of follow obviously your guidance and the guidance of the other economists as to their logic between behind why you know the economy might slow down and we might see more unemployment, which generally make common sense to us. But it's also nice to challenge it from the other side. And I think there's a very real um, potential here that unemployment gets nowhere near what we were previously expecting. And again, it's because government's thrown so much money at this, businesses have got through. You know, there is more money around um, the wealth effects taking um, taking its, its effect as well, with people obviously seeing the value of the houses go up and so people are still spending. So all these things mean that we're not seeing as much of an impact and, and probably not going to see as much of an impact as we thought we originally were too, even with the borders still going to be closed for a wee while longer yet. So, you know, I think that it's just worthwhile considering both those sides. I'd certainly be, you know, the more I read and, and think and look at it, more I wonder, yeah, you know, we're going to see this peak will reduce even further. And I'm sure we'll see over the coming weeks, each of those economists um, update their forecasts and they should all come down even further, um, no doubt. Um, so, yeah, just a really good one to consider there. And just briefly on the consent side of things, or construction in general. Certainly we're trying to look into this into more detail. And one thing we've looked at is our own Greenfields data from our geospatial team, which is, you know, before you even, you know, even get a consent on the on the um, parcel to put a property on those numbers are still holding up relatively well too so it's not just consenting to build development still happening you know the the creating parcels to put properties on is still happening too so that pipeline is looking pretty strong so i'm not expecting to see you know any major dip come up for those consenting figures anytime soon either so that's certainly encouraging stuff from that that construction perspective as well as the government's perspective as we've talked about previously they're very interested to know where that's going to go to so yeah look as you say overall two very positive um, factors in the market and likely to you know 
continue on for the rest of this year and into the start of next, I'd suggest as well. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I just just uh, an extra point on those labour market things is, and I think Tony Alexander has again mentioned this a lot, is is around skill shortages and how you know we went into this episode with with businesses already saying, hey, we just can't find the people we need, and so there may be an element here where you know, okay, some tourism businesses just haven't been able to do it, for example, but lots of other firms would have just been hanging on to any staff they can get because they think, well an upturn is going to come at some point and I was already finding it hard to get staff. I can't let these guys go because where am I going to find the next ones, especially since we're not going to have, you know, theoretically as much migration as we had. So there could be that element to it as well, that people are just doing whatever they can to hold staff because, you know, preparing for an upturn and, and, and facing those skill shortages. And you see that in some of the surveys as well, that, that some of those skill shortages balances are coming back to the top in terms of an issue for businesses. So, yeah, uh, it, I mean, either way, it, it's it's flowing through to support for the property market. Yeah, agreed. And um, well, on that factor then, you know, for the early market indicators, just very briefly today, the couple that we track, um, CMAs, those appraisals generated by agents, pretty much flat or slightly down week on week. Again, have to account for Labor Day being the prior week, um, but you know, looking pretty flat for those and maybe slightly down. So, you know, supply, maybe not going to be as strong. Whereas from a valuations perspective, being ordered through the banks, you know, pretty much holding up, I'd say, relatively flat as well, week on week. So again, you know, the same point continues, consistent demand and supply only ticking along. So that pressure is going to remain in the foreseeable future. Um, so I just think that's that's a nice, easy way to round out then round out that section really um, in terms of those those market indicators that we track for the property market in, in particular. Um, Okay, Mo, I mean, anything else that you want to wrap up from last week or should we have a quick look ahead to what's happening this week? The big one being, of course, watching Reserve Bank. Yeah, no, let's look ahead. Yeah, watch well, yeah. out, because I think there's a few economic things that are coming up this week if you want to rattle them off. Yeah, I mean, the, the main one is, I think, the monetary policy statement from the Reserve Bank, 2 o'clock on Wednesday, and there could be a lot of different elements to this. There's a, the Reserve Bank's going to be in focus over the next sort of few weeks, but... On Wednesday, there's there's probably, what, two, three things that people will be looking out for. Obviously, the first one will be what they might do with the official cash rate. Probably keep it where it is, 0.25%. Uh, quantitative easing program, probably keep that the same. So presumably those things will go out of the way fairly quickly, and then the attention will turn to this funding for lending scheme and any announcements <coughs> they might make around that. Now, they probably, I, I guess they won't actually start it, from Wednesday, but you'd expect that there's going to be some kind of announcement in this statement about how it's going to work, um, where they might want the lending to be targeted. You know, will there be sort of incentives to or penalties to get the lending going to the business sector as opposed to maybe the housing market? So it'd be interesting to see whether they try and tailor it around that. Um, so that'll be that'll be part of it. And and yeah, looks like looks like we will have some kind of funding for lending program where. The Reserve Bank is lending directly to the banks at, at cheap rates before the end of the year. It could be that you know it starts 1st of December or something like that. So that'll be a big feature of Wednesday's announcement. And then guidance on a, on a negative official cash rate potentially coming in next year. Now, you know, if anything, the strength of this bounce back suggests that you know, the chances of a negative OCR might have gone down a little bit um, at this point. But of course, a lot, of, a lot rests on how we're looking when we get into February and March and 
things so that they may well keep floating it out there like hey we want the banks to get prepared for this it's an option we're looking at and even if it's not clear cut now um you know it could well be by the time we get into next year who knows so so yeah lots of lots of things to to come out on wednesday and and probably as i say the main thing around that funding for lending yeah, yeah no, I think that that's the thing for me. And the other point I think to make is that we're not expecting them to talk about the loan-to-value ratio restrictions too much. We would expect that, and that seems to be the way that they um, talk about modifications of these in their financial stability reviews, which are every six months, I think, the next one being on the 25th of November. So not expecting too much from the LVRs, but as you say, the other the other acronyms, OCR, QE, uh, FLP, and negative OCR, um, but not the LVR. So yeah, we'll those acronyms, yeah. How's, how's, that, how's that for some crappy banking lingo? Um, so yeah, I think that's the other thing to know, that we probably won't see too much about that, but that'll be in a few weeks' time. Although our point is still, you know, because of the mortgage deferral program, which would, you know, push people that were sitting at 80%, which is fine, of their, of their um, prop values property, that would push them above that if they weren't paying anything um, and their mortgage starts to increase. So that's one of the main reasons they brought the, I took the LVRs off in the first place, so we don't expect that to change until those deferrals finish in March. Um, but, you know, we're still a couple of weeks to go before that FSR, so we'll wait and see wait and see what happens with that one, but certainly won't see much this week. Um, yeah. Yep. I mean, I don't, maybe I don't get too much detail, but things I know that you're looking out for this week. Um, also, net migration data coming out this week. We've also got the New Zealand Activity Index, so that pre-look on what's happening with GDP much more recently. Uh, rental data coming out from MB as well, which would be great. We get our own bioclassification data at the end of the week, and Ryan's also released their sales data um, probably on Friday, we think, um, which will be interesting to see where, where October sits. But, you know, again, our expectations are a very strong month for sales once again. So I expect a bunch of those those same headlines, you know, not record number of sales, record median sales price probably um, will no doubt be coming to the fore then. Um, was, was there anything else you want to touch on there, mate, or should I just uh, wrap us up and we can get out of here? Yeah, no, that's that's all. I suppose the thing for me, we're we just looking out for probably this week, a busy week of data for sure, would be, yeah, that NZ Activity Index and just how that momentum's going in terms of the, the overall economy, which will, you know, filter down to the property market. Um, yeah, up again in September, year on year. So, you know, nothing to suggest that that's really changed in October. So it should be, a, you know, another solid looking result on, on Friday. Agreed, which again is, you know, pretty significant when we know that we've got no tourists and no international students and things and our economy is still turning over at the same rate that it was a year ago or higher in, in most cases is going to be likely. So, yeah, we'll keep it, certainly keep a close eye on that one. Um, cool, mate. Well, um, that, that will round us out. Uh, next week will actually be our 50th podcast, so I'm looking forward to that one. Not sure if we're going to do anything super special for it, but uh, we'll certainly you know give the, give the bat half a raise there anyway. And, um, and before I do, guys, I want to pass some thanks to Ros Devlin as well. We got in touch a couple of weeks ago, and we are supposed to mention her last week, and, and uh, I, I forgot, so I'll, my apologies for that one. But great to hear the um, a few anecdotes, really, of how things were going down in Queenstown. We'd covered off Queenstown a few weeks ago, and so she just got in touch. And, uh, and it gave a few examples of some people who had moved to the area post-lockdown as well. Um, so I think it's worth noting that we know there's always those situations that are going to occur in these, in these strange times. Um, but yeah, just great to have some more feedback from um, from a listener. So just say thanks again, Ros. Really appreciate it. Um, but otherwise, mate, I'll say thanks to you yourself as well. Covered lots once again, and thanks for listening to my rant. 
um, and just say thanks in general for listening. Please do subscribe, rate and review us and get in touch again. You know, a couple of correspondents in the last week or so, really good to hear from you, are available on Twitter, LinkedIn, via email as well, um, all right there in the podcast player. So please do go, go check it out and get in touch with us. But I want to say thanks. My name's Nick. He's Calvin. You've been listening to the New Zealand Property Market Podcast. Matiwa. Matiwa.